Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of the Blues on Parade podcast, where all we do is talk shit about Chelsea. Yes, you heard that right. We're going to talk shit about <laughs> our own team today because Remix. they fucking deserve it. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're not pulling any punches this week. Um, and just so you know, uh, I do have my two trusty co-hosts by me as always. So they're going to try and keep a lid on me as much as possible. And I'm going to try and keep a lid on them as much as possible because... I think it's safe to say we're all equally fuming. Um, anyways, Sam, I'll bring you in first. I, I'm not going to ask how you're doing because I could kind of guess, but uh, just give me a quick synopsis. You won't have an issue keeping a lid on me. I'm, I don't have much to say. I'm honestly at a loss for words right now. Um, I feel like everything that I said last episode is just a, applicable to today's episode. So yep. it's just going to be the same shit again because we we saw the same shit on the pitch. This time we didn't keep a clean sheet, however, so it was even worse. So, yeah, it's just very frustrating. It's probably one of the worst like times of being a Chelsea fan, I think, in my lifetime. I think it's easily the worst time uh, in the last, what? since Roman took over, for sure. Uh, Andres, you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I'm giving up sports. When's Lint? I, I wish Lint was happening so I could give up sports for Lint. I had it <laughs> rough this weekend. Um, but, yeah, like Sam said, I think if, if you listen to the last two podcasts, you're going to get the same sort of, like, minute-by-minute breakdown. It's just unfortunate. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. We can let's just get into it. <laughs> I mean, normally, normally we have Twitter questions to base our script off of, but uh, I'm I'm gonna take the blame for not posting a Twitter question after the match because I didn't even finish the match. Um, I turned it off with I think in like the 91st minute, which I think is impressive in itself. I know I know hey, many of you guys, especially I mean, some honest- people in our group chat, turned it off right after the red card. I mean, honestly, Zach, like, I wouldn't blame you for thinking that the ref would have blown the whistle at the 91st minute, because there was, there was 11 minutes of extra time, and I thought maybe he was going to blow it at the 92nd minute. Like, in What's the fucking first half. Like, you know, yeah, let's, take, let's take a second to talk about that. Like, just the, on top of all of the fucking insanity that this match was, like, th- what happened? Did we get an explanation? Yeah, so after the half, uh, after this, or as they were walking out for the second half, the commentary team was saying something along the lines of this, the fourth official uh, communicated the extra time to the center ref, and the center ref misunderstood him. So they just apologized. They said sorry. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so all I mean, is these, forgiven. These guys, right? are really, these guys are really good at fucking up an easy job. These Look, guys would I fuck mean, up a Starbucks order. If anything, like, that saved us, like, because we weren't going to score. Like, it doesn't matter if we had an extra it, fucking 30 minutes. You never we know, though. Score. You know, you nick a I know, Zach. In the first half, we were playing well at the end of the first team. half. Have you been watching this fucking team? We can't score, Zach. 
<laughs> no one no one's clinical it's no one's bad. trying it's 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 like dude what i'm watching is like fucking 11 dudes that meet up on a sunday for the first time they met like literally like 20 minutes before the match they like get a sense of okay you can do this you can do that i'll stay here blah 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 like there was n- they just didn't look like a team bro well, they looked like 11 individual players just fucking playing soccer well well let me kind of start here um i wanted to talk about pochettino first because I know that's the talk of the town at the moment, and uh, the guy hasn't necessarily um, solidified any confidence with the Chelsea faithful. So, you know, we'll start with the first half, I guess. I mean, to your point, Sam, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and agree with Andres. We played well in the first half, right? Yeah. Granted, there's no... Everything besides the end end product, I thought we did pretty well. I thought we were defending well. Our counterpress was working effectively. Um, I thought we moved the, the ball well at there. times. What was that? The the what the plan was clear as day. Get the ball yeah. in behind their mid block. It worked time and time and time again. We were just mentally ill as we approached the freaking goal. Like yeah. it literally these guys are having tw- 10 yard leads on Villa defenders and they slow down. As they approach the box, I saw Malagusta do it. I saw Sterling do it. I saw Nico Jackson do it. Let the defenders catch up, and then they pass backwards instead of being brave and attacking the goal. Like yeah. in the first half, the X's and O's, the tactics, whatever was practiced, was there, and it just execution for the fifty billionth time. Trash. Yeah, and like five offsides calls in that first half alone. That's fine though. We also had like five in behind passes that should have ended up with at least decent shots on target. None the of offsides them calls reminded me of uh, of Henri. I think it was the 2008 World Cup where he was just getting called offside left, right, and center. Yeah, um, but that's it's not like we have guys with like blistering pace. That I mean, Mudrik's the only one, and I don't think he got called offside on any of those. It, it, it's it's different, bro. We're just not a cohesive unit. I didn't see. I mean, sure, we played okay, we played decent, and I just, I wasn't impressed. I didn't think, well, I, I honestly thought we got outplayed in the first half. Well, just to give you some context, um, I'm looking at the first half stats here, 55% possession, uh, we racked up a .7 XG, three total shots, one big chance created, that was the same big chance that was missed. Um, similar pass accuracy to Villa, uh, committed more fouls, had four more offsides calls similar amount of corners as well um or actually they had two more corners than us so i mean granted we played well but i mean if you're looking at the stats here it, it, it it's not like we blew them out of the fucking water and and they're and that's... a better team than us they're higher up on the table what are we expecting though spade a spade we were the underdog here and we played better than them i mean this our is players a team suck ass just played at europe at what three days ago four days ago yeah uh, and and they played a pretty strong side in Europe too. So like this is the perfect type of situation where you, you allow a team to come into Stamford Bridge and you usually pull their pants down and spank them. At least that's what you're supposed to do with teams that play in Europe at midweek. That's the thing that frustrated me. I mean, look, the the start of the game I thought was I, I thought was decent, right? There was the right energy. It looked like we had the right tempo. But the problem with this team, and I think, and this is where I have an issue with Poch, is as the game goes on. The team loses confidence, and it's just yep. there's this inevitability that eventually, if it, 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 it's it's almost like if we don't score first, 
we're just never going to score. That's that's been an issue since Tuchel, though. Like where where's like that was that's been an issue since 2021. Like, are we going to blame now the seventh manager for the exact same shit? I mean, when my, was the last my... time we had a comeback? Please, somebody tell me. God, Dortmund. It predates it predates Poch. We were in the lead at Dortmund. We didn't come back. Oh, you're right. I mean, Dortmund like, was the last decent performance I could even remember. Like, what what are we going to blame Poch for? Okay, he didn't start Chilwell at left back. He played Enzo at the ten. We've been seeing saying that for a little bit. Outside I mean, you of look at the way nitpicks. Outside of those two nitpicks, what do we need to blame Posh for the fact that he didn't choose these twenty-one-year-olds? He bl- he asked for experience. Like you, we want to point blame. The blame starts ever since the freaking Boley and Co got here. Listen, I get that, but at the same time, Poch fielded a completely different team with a completely different mindset slash playing style in the preseason. Sure, and the team had sure. confidence, and we were banging. And the formula, granted, we were playing against you know a, a, a team of half Premier League players, half players that are probably going to go on loan to freaking Belgium or somewhere. But like the the point being, we had a formula that worked, and we were scoring goals. We were playing freely. The players were growing in confidence every single game. We look. It looked like we were about to get the best out of guys like Nico Jackson, guys like Mudrick. Ben Chilwell was just named captain and looked like our best player in the preseason. He's been completely frozen out of the squad. It, there has to be... Uh, and listen, I'm not saying the, all of the blame is on Pochettino. I've been on record saying that the players need to do better. That's just a fact. There's no way dan- there, There's no way you can dance around that fact. But when it comes down to Pochettino, you, you cannot say that he isn't partly responsible for the downturn in overall confidence the change of formation it, 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 it's a fucking joke Sam, go ahead i yeah i mean i think he's he actually has a lot of responsibility on this like i think he's a fucking idiot right now he's like being he, he his team selection makes no sense right now i really don't un, like zach you were saying it next week or next match we don't have Nico Jackson. He's gone. We don't have a right back. Molo Gusto's gone. We're going to play fucking Raheem Sterling at striker. We're going to have four center backs in the back four. <laughs> like, I don't understand, bro. Like, what you're saying right now is completely true. What we did in the preseason looked amazing, and I, I really think that he has a big responsibility for the reason why we look so shit. because. Look, our, we do have talent. We have a lot of talented players, and yeah, we're we're very young, so we shouldn't have too many expectations this year. I just, dude, like, even before the match even starts, I look at the fucking starting eleven. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? I mean, look, I I get it. It's a project. It's going to take time. There's going to be growing pains. This is this type. These types of matches are going to happen where you're just going to drop points. That's fine. I, I could be comfortable with that. But after six matches, only picking up five points, that's not a process. To me, that's relegation form. It's different. Andres? So what's the alternative? I want to I hear alternatives at this point. Sure, play Ben Chilwell left back 
And then what else? Like it's the same play. You have to choose from the back, same fucking players. Drop Enzo Fernandez back to the pivot where he belongs. Let him yeah. be on the ball sure. 70, 80 times a game instead of a guy like sure. Connor Gallagher. And that's him me at the ten. That. I'm the biggest Connor the Gallagher fanboy ever. And then the okay, other thing buddy. is we we went out right before the transfer window closed and all everybody and their mother was saying that Chelsea need to go and buy a creative 10. We went out and we bought him and now he's being benched for the same guy that we were trying to sell at the end of the window in Connor Gallagher. It ju- it doesn't make any sense. This is what Song's alluding about Cole to. Palmer, right? Yeah, I'm talking Bro, about okay. Cole Palmer. And every time at he's come on, day- he's looked good. Okay, Zach, I, mean, I get it. Now, my turn to talk because it's been no, 10 minutes right. of this podcast and I haven't had a thing to say. You're We're nitpicking though. Like, at the end of the day, nah. yes, Enzo's not touching the ball here. Bro, we're still, every stat, we're top five. Every stat. So you're going to tell me, okay, bench bench Gallagher. Now Enzo has to do more defensive work rate because the guys in front of him are still not scoring. Like, we're going to have the same fucking issues because we're limited. We're limited. We have 12 injuries. And sure, call Palmer. Bring him in. What We've seen Cole Palmer not make the right choices in the final third, too. Like, let's not pretend the dude is going to score all already because he had the chances and he hasn't nobody here has the confidence and that's not on potch at this point like mudrick today created a bunch of chances for jackson the same kind he created in the preseason jackson's not putting them away like we're talking about like oh we're not we're not doing the same we're not having flying fullbacks i get it that's frustrating because we love the way it looked the chances are coming and we're fucking them up raheem sterling blind nico jackson has no left foot not shooting like we would not have these complaints if the ball goes in the back of the net. That's literally the difference right now between preseason and now minus Nkunku and Chukwameka. That's truly what it is. Like, I get it. Chilwell's not playing right now. Honestly, Chilwell probably needs a break because the dude was stinking it up at the left wing. That's the one thing I blame entirely on Poch. Outside of that, like, That's a, I what don't see confidence? what... Dude, the confidence put, is on played the players out of position themselves. Three, four matches in a row. He's our captain. Sure. He's riding the bench. Bro, Chilwell, okay. Last I checked, Chilwell hasn't even gotten like 20 England caps that matter. Like, it let's not matter. start. He like, got the captain's it armband. It Bro, sends okay, a message. Thiago Silva's there. What Thiago kind of message does that captain send? Too. Bro, okay, message. Fucking Gallagher's captain. What kind of message does that send? Like, Yeah, because, exactly. It's fucking but, stupid. We just tried to sell the guy. Who is... Who but he's been fucking killing it. Like, let's not also pretend like I'm the one that has mm-hmm. been judging this Gallagher bet, and he's been one of our top performers all season. But he hasn't so, been like, killing it, bro. Bro, he's okay. been good. Bench he Gallagher, been good. bench been Gallagher good. for Caicedo. Gallagher's Caicedo's been, good. been worse than Gallagher. But, Caicedo's but, but here's been my worse thing. than Gallagher. Gallagher hasn't been terrible, but but playing Gallagher means that you're moving Enzo out of his best position. And right now, Enzo's sure. our best player. He needs to play in sure. his best position. But you, but we're and talking about like. We're talking as if we're like suddenly not creating. Like the the point remains, we're getting the ball to the places that we should be scoring. We're just not scoring. Like if you had like a decent strike here and there, we would not be bitching this much. Like we could have drawn this game one one against Villa, and we would have been like okay with it because Villa is better than us. Period. So, so I mean, we can go back and forth all day, but Andres, just to kind of move the conversation along, what's what's a what's a potential solution then what are you proposing if you're pochettino literally stick to like you have to get your 11 and go with it like you have to make some hard choices i think it's time to bench tiago silva it's time to bench tiago silva let levi cole will be in the middle let him and disasi figure their shit out like growing pains there yeah play fullbacks and then like you guys mentioned maybe play a 10 at the 10 
And you're going to make another tough decision. You're going to bench one of Caicedo or Gallagher. You can't have both on the pitch. What about Sterling? And you go from there. Honestly, Madueke is partying instead of doing his rehab. You have to keep Sterling on the pitch. Get the 11, and then the subs will figure it out from there. But like, Mudrik has played now two starts in a row, is it, or three. I, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking uh, here. I think it's two. only been two. Two, but he's been the most creative guy in the first 45 minutes both times, and that's a fact. And like, he's also the first Debate your nan. Yeah. So he, the second he's, half, he weakened out. He weakened out both games. But the first 45 minutes, he's a creative, he is our creative hub. Believe it or not. Nico Jackson has missed way too much. Guess what? Broja is coming back. He was in the bench today. He'll probably start midweek, especially because of the yellow cards. Like, yeah, I, I maybe, didn't get word maybe on, that's on, a start. Maybe that's yeah. a start. Broja actually fucking shooting the ball on target. Maybe that's the beginning. Having the trust that one guy on this field thinks he can score. Because again, who, who comes in for Sterling? Madueke is hurt. Ian Martin. Ian Martin, we loved him in the preseason. He's also not a freaking like known commodity at, at shooting. Mudrik, not a known commodity at shooting. Cole Palmer, he's got like what five goals in the last eight months for City. So like you're not gonna get the production until Nkunku comes back. So what I think the solution is is stick to an eleven. Like make the hard choices. These are gonna be the guys and let them grow through the freaking pain because that's the only way we're gonna get out of this hole at this point. I don't think it's an X's and O's thing. Yeah, so I mean all of these Zach asked you for a solution and I agree with you, but you're saying it's not on Putch, but all of your solutions have to do with Putch making a certain decision. So and he's not gonna do it. And he's not gonna fucking do it. I don't understand why he's not going to, but he just like and and it's it, I don't know why every manager that we hire has the same issues. And I don't know if it comes from up top. I really don't think so. Of course. So. I think we're fucking cursed, honestly. Like, like It comes from up top. We have, what, like, know, what, what is the alternative? Like, think about it as a manager. You're going to put your trust on the 20-year-olds, or are you going to try to keep Tiago Silva on the pitch, starting there? Then it's like, okay, we laughed at the fact that he's like, oh, Enzo can't be captain. How can you have a captain that can't communicate with 80% of the team? I agree. Like, with let's be fine. serious. Let's be serious. That's How? fine. Yeah. No, we don't, we're like, not so saying that Enzo like should that. be captain. It's, okay, but like, and the captain's okay, not, so, is, the, is the least of my issues right now, bro. But but my like, my thing is is like the tactics are right. What what the team is trying, like what the team is supposed to be accomplishing from point A to point B, being like getting to the goal. All of that has worked to their best ability, and then they fuck it up when they get in the final third. Like. We're getting into the box. Like the fact that Sterling sucks ass and he has the most touches inside of a in the box in the Premier League is wild. Nico Jackson has more missed chances than Holland. And Holland gets like 300 more anyway. Like think about those things. Like these are things that mean that we are in the planning and preparation. They are the correct thing. That's why I'm like, dude, okay, Poch gets selection wrong. But he's not coaching the wrong things. And that's where I put the blame on the players. These guys are talented enough to do, do their shit and earn their payroll. And again, every coach has preferences. How many times did we want people to bench Mason Mount when he wasn't playing and he was still getting starts? Like This isn't a new thing for fans to have favorites versus the coach having favorites. But the players need to take responsibility at this point because the game plan is there. 
like Zach said, they chicken out after 45 minutes. What's the coach supposed to do? They're fucking kids. That's why he's also not taking blame, like not like pointing fingers at them because if he does, they're going to cry and get worse and worse and worse. And then we're never going to get them out of this hole. So he has to say that we're doing the right thing every fucking week because these guys are little fucking cuddled babies because nowadays in football, every 20 year old suddenly has to be the, the guy and they have to be really good. So if you tell them they're not, then it's your fault and you're going to get the ax. We're basically agreeing on the same thing then. Pochettino has so to make the hard decisions. And Pochettino the problem for the players that's it. remains exactly the same. I mean, the problem but with the, the tactics players aren't is... wrong. My so issue is tactically. That we need to my, the tactics. I, I, you just told me the preseason is a tactic. Like that, the, what he changed is still actually giving us change, the numbers we if, want. If you make those changes, like you mentioned, if you bring on a Ben Chilbo, then all of a sudden the left hand side becomes the attacking side. It completely changes the game. You drop Enzo. You drop Enzo to the pivot. Our rhythm and the way we're moving the ball completely changes. But then, but then again, it's like it's like a domino effect. Okay, if you move Enzo back, then like it's gonna get it potentially gets even slower because Thiago Silva is still in the equation. Like, 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 is he not looking at Enzo's performance against Liverpool and going, "Oh my God, look how good he was playing where he's supposed to be playing." Look how influential he can become. Like, and that's just one example. I mean, Ben Chilwell's arguably the best attacking fullback in England. I mean, you can you can make that argument. It, there, there's a left back at least. There, there, there's. You're telling me if he's not playing, if he's playing on the left, that we're not going to create more and and maybe find more sure. opportunities. I sure, mean, we so, so, so the solution to to having a team like this that doesn't score enough goals is to just create more, right? Because if we're going to be playing percentages. We only score 18% of our big chances or whatever. That means we got to create more big chances to score goals. Put the players out there that are going to do that. That's we already create so many big chances. <laughs> no, That's what I'm saying. saying. Like, we're already creating plenty. Like, we're not Man City. We don't have a Man City roster to create 80 fucking shots a game. We're creating plenty. It's just like, we're, it's like, it's like dressing up the shit with different fucking decorations. It's still shit at the end of the day. We can put Chilwell in, and yes, Chilwell's going to give us like the pretty overlapping run. And then what is his final pass going to do? End up in the fucking Rosette. Right, like at this point, we're, we're arguing like how, how do we want to look shitty? That's what we're arguing right now. <laughs> and I'm, I, and I, that's not on Poch. At that point, that's not on Poch. That's the players and ownership I, for giving him a team of fucking teenagers. I think... Okay, so here's my question. So I think at the at this point in the season, we understand that we just don't have the personnel right now. Like we might have spent a fucking billion dollars in the past year, but it's not their time. You know, they might be too young or they might not be the right players actually. But do you have faith in Pochettino for next season? Like, let's say we, you know, these players, they all improve, and then we get a couple more players that fit the system. Like, do you have faith that Pochettino can be the guy to I think it's too make early. it work? Yeah. I think it's far too early. Like, we we haven't seen Nkunku. We didn't get, even his backup then got hurt. Like, Madueke, like, had a good international break and gets hurt immediately. It's like, anytime that I think, like, okay, we're going to have options. Therefore, we're going to get to settle in and not be like so conservative. Another guy gets freaking injured. So like 
unfortunately, I think we're stuck with this until somebody gets healthy. And again, that is out of the manager's, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Control. So, like, no, I can't tell you if Potch is my guy next season because I haven't even given him all the tools. Not like, I'm not saying like, oh, Osaman up top, but I'm saying we don't have even the chance to change the what the wingers could be doing. Like the only the only two things we can change is Enzo deeper and fullbacks at fullback. Those are the only two chains, and not even fullback at fullback, left back at left back, because Reese is still out at, on the right side. So legitimately, there's only two changes he can make right now, realistically, and even that doesn't fix the big picture. So no, I don't think I can comfortably tell you that I'm off the the Poch bandwagon or I'm completely sold on Poch. I, mean, I don't I'm, think that's fair. I'm I'm skeptical as fuck, but I'm not I'm not on I'm not in the potch out camp at all. I mean, I think that does us more harm at this point yeah, than good. Yeah. Because I, because it, it, we we're running into essentially the same problem that we ran into when we were about to sack Tuchel, where what other managers are out there that's going to be an upgrade on this guy? There there really isn't any. And that's where the issue lies. I mean, to be fair to ownership, as as critical as we want to be about them in terms of you know recruitment and policy and whatnot, the one thing that I think they were smart about was getting a manager that actually had proven Premier League experience over multiple years in Pochettino, and he was probably the best manager on the market. Let's be fair. So, um, but I do want to move on. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the players here, the lack of finishing. Um, Really quickly, let's mention Mudrik's game. Andres, he touched on it earlier. He was one of our most influential players in the first half. Um, I, I, I mean, I think the guy just needs to keep starting and keep playing yep. games. But the thing for me that I'm noticing, and I wanted to bounce this off of you guys, was I think the aspect of his game that's missing is just to take that deep breath before you take that next action on the ball i feel like when mudrick receives the ball it's 110 miles an hour or nothing and i feel like this guy just needs to figure out a way to just shift from you know first to second and just kind of slow things down and you know just be a little bit smarter um in possession when he receives the ball especially with his first touch Sam, what did you see for mudrick i mean where do you kind of stand with him because i saw you shaking your head when andres mentioned that uh that he looked good today no, I, I I wasn't shaking my head in disagreement. I thought he was definitely like the, the, he he was one of our very few shining um, stars. I wouldn't say it's even stars, but yeah, like positives today. Um, I was kind of yeah. shaking my head. I was shaking my head at what you said that he was the first player pulled. Like right after the red card, we have fucking Sterling stinking it up and. And Mudrik playing like a fucking baller, and he's yanked instead of Sterling. Just like yeah. fucking doesn't make sense to me. Like finally we're seeing all the signs. He's he's confident on the ball. He's like he is doing the fucking you know stupid stepovers and whatever. But it it seems a little bit more like like purposeful mm-hmm. and. And his distribution, like, his passing was really good today. So, like, he was our most creative player. Um, he didn't really get too many chances, like, to score. But he was creating chances. And I just, uh, I, I was disappointed that he was taken out. 
I want to see him take advantage of 1v1 opportunities um, by taking it down the byline because it seemed to me that he was just so insistent, at least in the beginning of the match, to cut in on his right foot, mm -hmm. which is what he likes to do. I mean, he likes to cut in on his right foot and, and kind of play that through ball um, over the top. But the one time he went down the byline, he skinned Matty Cash. Matty Cash had no chance at stopping him. And I just kind of want to see him do that relentlessly like every time you get the ball take a big touch past the defender and just beat him for pace like i feel like he can do that consistently if he if he really wanted to andres yeah i mean i think that that's part of him starting more games i the other thing is that he could have had three assists today we, we talked about the nico jackson chance where he cut inside and played him through and then nico gave like a extremely weak right-footed reach around but then the one you're talking about, he gets around Matty Cash, goes into the byline, and then puts in a beautiful low-driven cross that everyone just stares at. Like That's the kind of thing that good teams, confident teams, put in the back of the net with their eyes closed. And you know, for, for those that have the agenda against Mudrick, they're going to be like, oh, another game, no assists, no goals. But I'm seeing the right actions. And I think, again, this is why I, I say that we need to be starting – and 11, and again, we need to get healthy first. But like keeping Mudrik on the left side is the smart decision. You talked about cutting inside. This is where maybe I, I even saw, like, I think in a weird way, I think Pod just having is, is seeing his own mistake because Colwell early on was trying to do the overlapping and he, he did overlap Mudrik a few times early on. So maybe he's thinking, okay, maybe it is time to play fullbacks out there. But in terms of the opposite side, you know, Mudrik is doing the right things. You can tell he's taking the coaching. I just wish the same could be said as somebody who's a veteran like a Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys have anything else to add about Mudrik before we move on? Keep starting him. Yep, pretty much. Um, I mean, that's the main positive from today. Um, and Robert Sanchez. There's just Robert nothing else to say. He's playing yeah, great. Yeah. Pretty pretty flawless. Another flawless performance from him again. I mean, he out of all the players that look like uh, they're growing out of confidence, I think those are the only two um to be completely up front. Um our right back situation now is kind of a mess. Reese James is still out injured and Malo Gusto is missing the next 3 matches. He picked up a red card. A lot of debate on Twitter about whether or not that was a red card. Sam, I know you have some pretty strong feelings that it was um that it was not a red. Is that correct? No, that's wrong. Or is that I thought incorrect? It was a, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was clearly a red. Yeah, well, not clearly. I, I mean, yeah, by by the rule, it was a. By red. the rule, it's a red. Yeah, it's harsh. Yeah, like, it's, it's, red. it's 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 unlucky. Like, you know that he he made the right play, and like it's just like kind of unfair to expect him to, you know, like what he's supposed to do, like curl his foot so that his studs aren't showing pull his leg back like it's just it's kind of unreasonable to expect him to do that but it's a studs up tackle right. you know like he could have broken the dude's leg like you know that's mm -hmm. that's the reason why that rule exists it's reckless and it's unfortunately that's that's what it is i, I mean i'm hoping like i think that we might have a decent chance of having an appeal a successful appeal to have um the uh, match ban overturned maybe even by a couple games but i wouldn't really count on that because again like 
the rule is the rule. Everyone knows that. And as fair, unfair, you want to, you know, that that's an argument to be had. Sure. I'm not having that argument right now, but that's the rule. Yeah. I mean, based on the interpretation of the rule, it did look like a red. I mean, but going into next game, I mean, we do play at midweek. Andres, what do you want to say about the potential setup? Uh, well, Reese James is kept hinting on Instagram that he's supposed to be back. So hmm. I don't know if it's a midweek thing. Um, honestly, what I expect midweek is a true back three. Um, and you perhaps see some sort of like Chilwell, Motson wing back situation where Motson just plays right wing back. Yeah, like an inverted um, that's back. yeah, that's that's my honest uh, take on all this. I don't know if if we'll do what we've been doing to Colwell, but now it's shifted the opposite way. So now Colwell plays left center back, Tiago Silva plays center back, and then Disasi plays right back, and you have Chilwell actually bombing up the left side. So that's mm-hmm. another possibility. I don't know what the the health situation is of Trevor Chalaba, but we've seen him play it right back, so. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest question going into the into the midweek, and then I, I'm assuming the whatever solution we find midweek will be the same for the weekend, unless it's one of those things where we give Reese James 30 minutes of Wednesday's match or Tuesday's match whenever we play again, and then he starts by the weekend. I mean, I would rather not play Reese midweek just to give him an extra five, you know, three four days of recovery. Um, he, I, I don't want him to come back until he's absolutely positive that he's confident yeah, don't rush and him ready. Back. Yeah. Right. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the Nico Jackson, Raheem Sterling connection or lack thereof. Um, also the connection uh, of Nico Jackson's brain cells when uh, he argues to at referees or decides to stand in front of the ball in front of an Argentinian goalkeeper who knows all the dirty <laughs> rules in the book. Um I mean, that listen, was kind of a stupid yellow card, to be honest. I don't so know. Was, I know Andres can attest. The other way. Andres can attest for this too. I've coached my kids to kick the ball at the other player's shins if they stand in front of it on a free kick. It's an automatic yellow card. No, it's not. I coach the other way. Oh, you You're do? Su- <laughs> yeah, the kid is supposed to stand in front of the ball until the referee tells him to move. You have to ask for distance, otherwise, yeah. you don't have to give it. No, so, I, I had. I had this case with one of my kids. His name was Luca, and I told him every time somebody stands in front of the ball, kick it right at their shins. As long as the referee tells you you're ready to go, kick it at his shins, you'll get a yellow. And I mean, it worked every time he did it. But that's an interesting. Uh... No, I tell my kids everybody standing. The the number my my striker. The very first thing he has to do is run his yeah. butt to the spot of the free kick and stand right on top of the ball. Yeah, prevent them from playing it quickly. Um. But look, and I mean, then it slows everything down. Everybody can mark up, and yeah, I just think Nico. The thing with Nico Jackson now is like, obviously, is when we coach little kids, these refs have no freaking idea. Nico Jackson is now getting a reputation. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing here. It's like re- you need to understand what you're putting into your portfolio. Your very small small sample of Premier League matches for these refs is that you talk to the refs, and all of these referees have a very big Napoleon complex. So you're telling me that you're going to poke the bear that hates being poked. Like, come on, man. At this point, just laugh and walk away. Like, don't go looking to bitch. Like, that's what the captain's armband is for. 
and the let rest the captain is, bitch, and they they usually allow that to happen. And I think it's worth noting that the referees this year were also told to put an emphasis on giving players yellow cards for dissent. Yes. They wanted to prevent crowding around the referee and players, you know, going chest to chest with them and barking in their faces. Which, on one hand, I do understand, but on the other hand, a lot of these refs are pussies, and uh, you know, they're just kind of, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, look, the, the Raheem Sterling and Nico Jackson, you know, situation here. I mean, we, we've all seen the screenshot of Sterling not passing the ball to Nico Jackson, whether it was offsides or not, beside the point. Um, these two guys are supposed to be our goal producers, and they're producing absolutely nothing at the moment, and that's concerning. So, <laughs> where do you guys want to take it from there? Andres, I'll start with you. I think that they're both approaching this as like, I need to fix my goal drought, not the team goal drought, because it goes both ways. That screenshot is a Sterling to, to Jackson, but Jackson had another one where Sterling was back post where he could have in the first half played it across and Sterling just has to beat the defender to the ball to tap it in. Like this is the part where again, the lack of confidence is just killing brain cells because who cares at this point, who's the one scoring. If you like, if you can be the one that provided the easy tap in so that then that player has the, like the confidence to then take good shots. You're unlocking something for the team. So I think both of these guys, they're going to get pulled into meetings this weekend, like this week. Like they will get a talking to both on both ways that they need to at least look up. Like 2v1 mm-hmm. against the goalkeeper, regardless of whether the whistle blows a second later for offside, should have been the typical FIFA goal that we've done since we were 12 years old, where you're in a counterattack, you pass it sideways, and you tap it around the goalkeeper. And to me, like, Shame on Sterling coming from a pep system to not like have second nature that that move right there. That is extremely poor from him. That's that's actually baffling for me too. I mean, he comes from a footballing system that specializes in seven to ten yard passes, and he's completely incapable of even making a two yard pass or a five yard pass. It's a joke. Um, Sam, do you have anything to add about Nico Jackson, Raheem Sterling? I mean, do you have hope? Do you have an alternative? Do you have no, no, no? I don't have hope. I don't have an alternative. I just gonna... like I'm at the, I'm at the point where it's like I don't even know why I'm like like why would I watch any more games the rest of the season? It's it's gonna, it's hard to be a Chelsea fan right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say, and I could speak for all of us in saying that we have no expectation. And if there's any expectation, it's that we're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, um, it's like at this point, like, let's just not fucking get relegated. <laughs> yeah, you know, percent of the way there, baby. The the sad realization I had midway through the match is actually right after the red card was that we're basically going to have to relive last season all over again there's no doubt in my mind that it's just going to be us treading water all year long because if you look at our schedule in november we mentioned it in the last couple pods i mean we have an eight match run where we're basically playing top half of the table if not top six teams um so things will get uglier before they get better i guess that's safe Uh, to say do you guys have anything else to add before we get into these brighton predictions yeah i mean 
I don't know if it's like last year because I think last year there was a lot of down, like they call it, what What do the British people like down tooling is what British people call it. Like where you basically just truly don't give a fuck. Like I think that was the big thing last year. We were playing players that didn't want to be here. And then from there we switched to Lampard and then Lampard has like zero football IQ as a manager. So then there was no instruction and he was still picking the players that didn't want to be here. So the moment we would get scored on, it was truly like, they're not trying. Like I think we can we can argue that we're not scoring and everyone's not confident, but at least they're trying. They're just not trying correctly because they get frustrated. So yeah. I I don't think it's gonna be as bad as last year simply because of that. I don't think the results also can get as bad as last year either. I just think we have to brace ourselves because it is a tough run. Like I think no expectations during this run of play. Hopefully we get surprised a couple of times, but then we need, we just need to get to December. December has a very favorable schedule and hopefully we have a healthier roster. Those are the two things I can hope for. Like you, you want, what do I dream of for this run of form? No injuries. And, and in December we have actual selections we can make. Like that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I think that's a pretty damning indictment when, uh, it's gotten to the point where we're saying at least the players are trying. Um, so yeah, that's where Chelsea Football Club, Club is right now. And uh, when you only try and you don't do anything else, like score goals or not concede goals or win games, you wind up in 14th, which is where we're at. Um, but anyways, I mean, that's the end of the pod. I would say we'll do Brighton preview, but I really, or I really just don't want to predict this game at all. Um, cause you guys won't like to hear what all three of us would have to predict. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, here, I, I wanted to pitch this, like instead of a score prediction, like maybe it's like, who do you think can turn around their shit form? Like throw one name. Like at this point, that's how I need a word. I don't I even think, know like a clever okay. way. Like who's one guy who you think maybe he can turn around something like in terms of his level this Wednesday. I, I'm going to go first. I'll say Caicedo. He's playing against his former team. If he gets a start, he's definitely going to work his ass off and, uh, and put in a shift. Um, but that's a big doubt. I don't know if he'll necessarily start or not. He came off early today, so that's, you know, all signs are pointing that he might get some time, but we've also seen Pochettino use a Gochuku, uh, you know, without hesitating either. So, but yeah, I think if Caicedo starts against his former club, he is going to show out or, you know, at least do his best uh, to show out. Um, uh, there's, I haven't seen anything to give me any confidence that anyone will show up. So I'm, I'll, I'm going to abstain. I think Cole Palmer is going to get his first start and I think he's going to show out that maybe it's time that he gets more starts because midweek we need to rotate a little bit. And I think. Uh, it's probably a good time to give him some uh, true minutes because he should be up to par with Poch's finan- financial, physical <laughs> regiment. So, yeah, that's yeah. my shout for a uh, for a good performance. And then we have we have Fulham on uh, what was it to Saturday or Sunday? So yeah, I think the rotation is like I, it's needed. I would love I would love to see Cole Palmer get a start, but. With this fucking guy, Pochettino, I don't know what the fuck he's thinking half the time, so 
who knows, man. It's like what I want and, you know, my expectations. Like, I just can't expect anything. I feel you. Well, I mean, that kind of brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, if you haven't hung yourself already, um, <laughs> you could follow us on Twitter at Blues on Parade. Um, we do post the question suite after every uh, match. Again, I dropped the ball this week. Um, I was depressed. Sue me. Psalm's favorite uh, quote of mine. Sue. But um, but yeah, I mean, make sure you're following us on Twitter, keeping up with us. If you want a question or a comment, anything mentioned here on the pod, make sure you're tweeting it at us. Um, and we'll do our best to squeeze it in our, in our next script. So uh, until the next pod, let's keep the blue flag flying high.